Welcome back to NALP's Young Professionals Network podcast, Growing in the Green Industry. Today's podcast is powered by our YPN network partner, Still. Still makes a full line of gasoline and battery-powered outdoor power equipment for the demanding landscape professional. Find yours at stillusa.com. Today's episode will be presented by the Veterans and Landscape Network. Your hosts of today's episode include myself, Joe Lewis, with Yard Solutions, Brian Chapman with LMI Landscapes, and Terry Williams with Green Lawn Fertilizer. Brian and Terry, how are you guys doing today? Doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Doing well. Excited to be here. Heck yeah, man. It's a good Monday. Um, so, Brian, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so... Um... As you said before, I, I work with uh, LMI Landscapes down in Carrollton, Texas. Um, I've been in the landscape industry for about seven years now. Um, you know, when I started this career path, uh, it, it, it was really just kind of a, you know, trying something out to do uh, different and uh, took a job as a yard foreman. And uh, I, I've, I've worked my way up to a an executive director of, of fleet management with LMI landscapes and uh, just been a super rewarding career and in, in, in a great industry to be in with just great people, you know, like yourself and Terry. Who'd you serve with? Uh, I served in the United States army. Um, Third awesome. infantry division, first time 15th infantry regiment. Get some. I like it. <laughs> Well, I appreciate your service, brother, man. And uh, I know <laughs> sometimes we hear that a lot, but uh, look, man, I, I appreciate everybody that uh, fought alongside with us. So, uh, Terry, tell us a little bit about yourself, sir. Um, thank you uh, for having me. Um, I presently represent uh, Greenlawn Fertilizing. Uh, we're out of uh, Westchester, Pennsylvania, and um, I've been in the industry. Uh, this is my 13th season now. Um I'm from rural North Carolina, and um, I was uh, grew up farm life, then military, and here I am back to kind of farm life again. So a lot of the things I learned as a young boy, now as a grown-up, I'm doing it all over again. So that pretty much uh, uh, takes me from a child to now. That's great. And you served in the Navy, is that correct, sir? United States Navy, absolutely. Awesome. So... Like I mentioned before, my name is Joe Lewis. I retired from the United States Marine Corps in 2014 and been in the green industry ever since. I'm currently the COO with Yard Solutions. We're a commercial landscape company in the central Ohio area. Uh, our business has been in uh, serving our uh, greater Columbus area for 33 years and just really aligned with our ownership, their character, and what the company's values are about and very similar to what the uh, Three of us will probably say uh, we have similar core values or what drives us aligned well with them and uh, able to bring some uh, people I served with and others that uh, served alongside to this company and having a great time doing it. So that's a little bit about myself. I'm a, a husband and father of two awesome boys of Aiden and Evan. They're freshman, sophomore and in the middle of football right now, but good times. It's it's great to be in a profession where I'm around my kids all the time and, and my wife and, you know, 
and enjoying the better parts of uh, helping out people. So that's a little bit about myself. Now, <clears throat> it is veterans in the landscape industry. And the three of us are veterans. Brian, you served with the in the Army. I was a uh, 1-1 uh, in the Marine Corps. So I, I definitely, uh, like my brothers, my infantry brothers in arms, uh, we've been a lot of places, got a lot of skills along the way. What are some skills that you that you've gained in your time that's helped you move so rapidly from a foreman all the way to uh, an executive director? Um, really the, the biggest thing is, is leadership. You know, I, I think that the military, all branches included, um, provide some of the very finest leadership training uh, that you can get. And, and it's so applicable to the civilian world. Um, and, and it's not just about, you know, leading people in the workplace. It's about leading people, you know, personally. And just, just the level of, of teaching and, and mentorship that you get in the military applies here so well. Um, and and the, the next one would have to be uh, dedication and, and just loyalty. Um, you know, I just have this desire to just give everything that I can, um, you know, to my company and, and just dedicate myself to doing the very best job that I can. And, uh, it's, it's really paid off for me. You know, I do feel we have the benefit of at a young age or at least young in experience, right? I mean, all the way back to boot camp or officer candidate school, what have you. I mean, I retired as a gunnery sergeant, uh, in the Marines. Now, so it was boot camp for me, but yes, like you're saying, from day one, it's understanding that you have to depend on your leadership. You have to be loyal to the people to your left and right. And through all that, it, it is an indoctrination into that proven leadership school, if you will, leadership skill from a very novice in experience or young age, sometimes 18 years old. And regardless of whether you're in four or 20 years, you're still in that leadership development process. So that when we get into the business world, we have a decades, if you will, or hundreds of years of experience of leading and managing or being a managerial leader behind us. Do you have some similar experiences, Terry, or is that something you're seeing of what you gained in your time in the, in the Navy? Uh, that's helped you become so successful? Um, absolutely, Joe. Uh, one of the, well, a lot of the things that I did in the Navy started home, but um, I was more of an I person before I joined the Navy. And uh, one of the biggest things that they teach you is teamwork, how to work well with others and how uh, uh, a structure could get you to your objectives by um, a team concept, whether it be just a, a normal chalk team, everything to a battalion. And uh, the structure is generally what gets you there. And then you begin to build a camaraderie or loyalty to your peers around you. And um, once you develop that we mentality, um, everything else falls into play because there may be one-on-one philanthropy, just looking out for the uh, your brother or sister right next to you. But um, those are skills that when you get out that come 
very apparent when you walk into the civilian world and take on uh, jobs in the private sector. And it's helped me a lot throughout the years. You, you know, I'm glad you you brought that up because um, it does start at home. A lot of people, it, it's not a uh, miracle maker being in the military. It, it enhances uh, your strengths, uh, hopefully minimizes uh, some of the uh, lesser parts of our personality. But we we grow as, as most of us are enlist a younger age, right? A young adult and, and you're developing as an adult, but also in that structured environment. But man, you brought up the eliminating the I and, and being in that that we uh, teamwork, that we mentality. Not that we're all speaking French, right? But it's it's we, you know, it's <laughs> it's this team. But in order to be a in that mentality, you have to be confident in the people to your left and right, uh, also front and back, right? The people above you, uh, the people you're in charge with leading. But uh, you have to check your ego because we look you're you're eight feet tall and bulletproof, right? You especially when when you finish your recruit training or what have you. But but it's you're only great because the team's great, and yes. that is that lesson of checking your ego, but also owning. The fact that you have to be great at what you do so your team doesn't have to do more work or your team doesn't fail because you chose to circumvent the system or what have you. Did you have similar experiences, Brian? I, well, I, know, I mean, I'm not trying to speak for you, man, but I, I've never <laughs> met a, anybody in a combat arms uh, position that that can't speak to what it means to be a part of a team. Can you speak yeah. a little bit on that, though? Yeah, um, you know, I just Terry kind of stole stole the words right out of my mouth. You know, <laughs> when I first joined, that he read the script. No, yeah, it, it was all about me, um, and it, it seemed like in the beginning, it, it was it was all about me for everybody, and and slowly but surely, uh, you know, we were molded into a team and team players, and uh, you know, becoming a military. Uh, I'm sorry, a, a leader in the military. Um, yes, 100%, um, you have to humble yourself, uh, and realize that it, that it's not you, it's, it's your team. And, um, you know, that's, that's one of the greatest things about the landscape industry, uh, at least in my experience has been the teamwork. Um, I, I've been blessed to be around just a bunch of great people that, that put the team first and, uh, to be a part of that's just awesome. And in order to be part of that team, you kind of have to be patient, right? Because you're going to, where we came from, you're going to be hit with some, <laughs> uh, yes, some orders. And it's not just instant and will, you know, instant obedience to orders. You're going to hit with stuff and you're just kind of like the rock eyebrow or a dog kind of turning their head, like, what is going on? What did you just tell me? But you can't. So maybe it's good that we've had all those experiences, so many of them, that we're used to uh, having some patience in order to understand what people are truly asking of us. Did you, did, did that help you too? Did you come up, did that, I don't want to say numb to it, but that you're like, yeah, okay. I've been 100%. here before. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it goes to that loyalty, right? You just have faith, man. I know what I'm saying, or I'll, I'll, I have faith in you because <laughs> you're here to win, not to fail. Right, right. 
Does that does that strike a chord with you too, Terry? Um, I think we're all singing from the same hymn book, but uh, <laughs> it uh, I like that. It was simple, you know. Um, I think military life is just what you guys said: is faith, is structure, is loyalty, giving back, that philanthropic uh, leadership, and again being the we person. And when you said patience. That was the one thing that rung a tone, ring a tone with me because um, for years, coming up through high school, thinking that you were invincible, going to boot camp and thinking you're invincible, and then getting on your first obstacle course or your first objective and thinking that, okay, no one can beat me. And then you realize you left your buddy behind. It's a very humbling experience when the drill sergeant tells you you left your wingman and it hurts. Well, so, and you yeah. spent time on recruiting duty, correct, sir? Terry, yes, mm -hmm. so in rec in on recruiting duty, um, you're finding the the finest that America has to offer, uh, and referring to the Marines. And no, <laughs> just mess with you, man. <laughs> I had to, man. It was too easy. No, we you're, you're finding the ride. Okay. right. Same same team, right? Different uniform, but no, we you have uh, you're you're finding the best out there. And telling them the Navy, the story of the Navy and how they can reach their goals and achieve their goals through the service. But then they go to recruit training and they watch out because of the drill instructor or this happened or that happened. But the command doesn't care because you're there to make sailors. Right? right. So you have to find the best way to work as a team, even if that teammate you don't see. Absolutely. Right. Working with people to collaborate with them to uh, achieve the goal. And that that is to win our nation's battles by having the best Navy, the Naval force in the world. And same with the Army, Marine Corps, Air Force as well. So that's something that I think people, even us, we don't necessarily think about it. You know what? I rely on, I relied on my adjacent support is what we would call it, right? We would rely on highly capable people because it was their job. We relied on them to do their job. And we were able to check ego. Um, and I feel that's helped my transition into the private sector of understanding people's capabilities and where I can help them or where I need to improve on my, my skill set so that I can be a better teammate to them. Has there been any cases where you guys see that, like kind of what I experience of okay, I'm in business now and it's not like you can't knife hand people into a coma, but you have to still rely on them and they still need to rely on you, right? Absolutely. Oh, go I'm ahead, sorry. Terry. Go ahead, Terry. No, no, um, I'm just uh, expanding, but at some point you realize you can't be in every position at one time and you have to rely on individuals that can carry out uh, that directive for you and you only have to trust but verify if you will and uh, from that point on everything moves in the right direction so um, when you're looking for people you want people that have that capability or at least have the basic skill set the tenants that allow you to build from that and if you can do that um, any one company any one team can, uh, can benefit from that and I do want to go back to that, Terry, but Brian, with what you do, you're, every crew that you send out is a, a, a team of more than one, correct? Yeah, correct. So that, 
that relying on the crew to rely on your ops manager, uh, the ops manager relying on sales to have done to, to set realistic expectations for the clients and relay that to operations. And then the senior leadership like yourself to make sure that you're clearing out all obstacles so your people are able to execute their task without all the other noise that we know is present. That sounds familiar, right? I mean, it's like you've been doing that in different uniform, right? Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Earlier, you, 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 you made a comment about, you know, you can't walk into the civilian world with a knife hand and, and that kind of resonated with me as well is, you know, when I, when I first started here, uh, well, in this industry, you know, I, I, I still had that mil- military mentality and um, it, it just did not go over well. Uh, and it, it was something that I had to adapt and, you know, learn to speak to people differently. Um, and, it, and it was a struggle at first, but uh, it's, it's worked out and, and I've, I've learned and adapted to, to the environment that I'm in. And it is something that I feel you're most people that uh, I serve with or, you know, fellow service members, it's almost we're, we're cognizant to almost paranoid about, okay, I don't want to come across like I'm trying to have people marching, you know, covered in line or whatnot. Or, uh, and that's why at the beginning of this, we talked about what, what did we take out of it that's adaptable? And one thing uh, that I can definitely, one of the many things I can definitely say about the military is grooming us as leaders it we're adaptable leaders you have to be or the mission will never get uh never get accomplished um terry being an adaptable leader can you just talk about you've been in this industry for 13 years can you talk a little bit about how you've adapted your skill set that you developed uh in the navy and how that's benefited you early on in your career I know we're going back a few years, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing that the Navy taught me is to be humble and uh, to listen. Um, I found that um, in the civilian world, um, it's not as black and white as it is when you're in the military. So therefore, balking an order will probably get you a person who's going to defy that order opposed to carrying it out. So it's so much easier to um, give a directive and um, talk with the person and find out exactly what it'll take to get there together. Um, As long as you take a softer approach like that, it becomes so much easier the first time. Um, As the person gets a little bit more conditioned, then you can uh, turn it up a little bit to get them to a higher level if you would. But there are going to be many people that um, you run into that have never spent uh, in a a structured environment, whether it be the military or even the police. Um, So you have to have kid gloves when you, when you, when you work with them, but you still have to give the same directives. You still have to be able to carry them out. And the only way you're going to do that is uh, through the power of influence and being there. Uh, as long as you can do that, you you can take that person forward as well. So I think everybody can get there. I just think that uh, maybe I'm just being biased, but I find people who have a head start through some structure like we've all gone through before, they have a little bit of a head start because it becomes more instinct than it does um, 
a, a whole new learning. Uh, so that's the only difference I run into. We talked to uh, Brian talked about the loyalty and dependability. And would you say that where we came from in our career, we we understood the why we understood why a certain mission needed accomplished. I mean, even if we didn't, it was mission accomplishment at all costs. But still, uh, when you're working at it as a cohesive team and whatever the mission is, you understood why we were doing it, what the importance, what the greater mission was. Even if you didn't hear from the commanding officer that gave that order, there's still the why. So in the private sector, in your experience, are you, some people, they can be told, hey, this is what needs to get done. And they're following you, Terry. They're like, all right, Terry, point me in the direction. I'm ready to get after it. Same with Brian. Uh, but others, they, we haven't built that trust maybe, or they don't, haven't had a leader like us. So they need, they need to understand the why, you know, not a week long uh, why discovery, but they need to, is that what you're talking about? They just need to understand why a little yeah, bit more yeah. than others. Yeah. Just picking a focus. I mean, uh, one of the best things about uh, um, our life is we always have that why we pick the focus. And uh, because we have, a, a, you know, an end game, uh, we can pretty much go directly at it. Whereas most people nowadays, if you say, um, go to the mailbox, uh, well, most people can't do that because there are too many distractions in between there. And um, they forget what that that focus is or what the directive is. So that's what I meant by that is um, being able to, um, pick a moment and make sure that there's an understanding about what those objectives are, you know, and at which point carry them out. And again, trust they're going to do it, but you're going to verify for a while until you both build that trust with each other. And in which, in which case you can uh, send them in the right direction for that. In the Marines, we always say it's two priorities, mission accomplishment, troop welfare. About 20 years ago, uh, Commanding officer Colonel Manthe said, "Yes, mission accomplishment, troop welfare, people always." I feel that's. I just talked to a, um, a fellow Marine um, about this today. That it still resonates that when we're when we serve, it is about people, right? We have a mission, but it doesn't just miracle itself into completion. It's priority one, mission accomplishment. Priority one A is troop welfare but this colonel said people always and in the army it is that i mean even the slogan i know it might be we joke about it but the few the proud uh we have the it used to be um be all that you can be but an army of one because every individual soldier is the best version of themselves but it's again we are in the the military is a people business and all of us are in the people business still. So we just had the benefit of learning from, you know, storied leadership and development prior to, but is that something that you're seeing too, Brian, where, cause you're in an executive director, right? Um, that your skill of working with diverse people but the same singular goal and getting them to understand 
that only as a team you'll win. Do you, have you had experiences with that? Yeah, hundred percent. And and to kind of go back to that, you know, the 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 creed of the non commissioned officer in the army. There there's a there's a line that my two basic responsibilities will always be uppermost in my mind: the accomplishment of my mission and the welfare of my soldiers. Um, and you know that's and that's you haven't forgotten that, dude. Right, no, and we don't. Nope. I mean, that is. I live it every day. Like, right? We get goosebumps. We're like, look, man, I'm not trying to sound like I'm just fresh out of boot camp, but God bless. <laughs> My purpose in life is to be a great husband and a great father. But as and as a professional, they they mirror each other. Too when I was when I served, and and not to steal your thunder, but I'm glad you brought that up because as an NCO, man, two main priorities. And you lived it every day. And now, now how's that transitioning to right now? Yeah. Um, you know, my employees, um, not to toot my own horn, but, you know, I, I feel like they would follow me to the edge of the earth uh, because daily, every day I, I show them I care. I show them, you know, that I care through my leadership and through the things that I do, but, you know, just making sure they're okay, making sure they have the tools that they need to do their job uh, and just making their job easier and getting out there and doing the work with them, working beside them, um, you know, just being that good, honest military leader that I learned how to be in the military. Uh, and that's, it, it's really just been huge for me to, to be that person. You know, there's, there isn't a uh, tool that, or webinar or anything that will compensate engaged leadership. And I think you just mentioned that because you, you learned from the best, right? When you were young and you, you saw, okay, the most in, influential leaders you had were likely engaged in, to you, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the coincidentally, we had some bad leaders that we served for, right? And you, they probably didn't, they weren't engaging, or they were more I and not as much we, like Terry talked about. Is that? Yeah, you can probably relate to it too. Um, you know, in the military, you you get to know your your soldiers. You know, even on the most personal level. And, you know, I, I still get today, I, I get some eyebrows raised because, you know, I start, you know, asking questions, you know, what's your wife's name? What does she do? You know, your your kids, what do your kids do? What are their names? How old are they? Just these super personal questions that you're used to knowing, uh, you know, about your soldiers, but it, it's not something necessarily, you know, done in the civilian world, but it's just because you're caring, you're trying to get your know, to know your people on such a deep level and, and learn their strengths and their weaknesses and their traits just to, you know, ma maximize their capabilities. And how do you know how you can make them the best version of themselves if you don't know them? Right. right. I mean, it's, it's like, God bless, man. I like taking tests when I have the answers to said test. Right. <laughs> um, and I, I laugh about it and and Terry, I, I see you laughing and, and Brian as well, because fundamentally it's so easy because we started this process so early, right? This process of uh, leading uh, men and women uh, or just, you know, in our cases, uh, Brian, just men uh, in, in the roles we had, but it's like, yeah, we, we were kind of indoctrinated 
early on, it's it's an easy test because I have the answers and I've seen it work. Uh, I've seen not doing that. I've seen it fail or derail. Uh, Terry, as well, um, knowing your team or being that engaged leader, I've often heard leadership is a full contact sport, not physically, right? I know that sounds weird, but you, you can't consider yourself a, a leader unless you're engaged. Is that something that's benefited you well? Obviously, if where you are as, but how has that, I guess, benefited well, you? Well, I mean, yeah, I think it's benefited me, but um, again, it, it starts out early. Like you said, in boot camp, you know, you're, you're shocked into a certain way of thinking, but ultimately it comes down to trusting a process. And once you learn that process and you can execute it 10 out of 10 times, that now you can start teaching that process. And now there are people that are under you that are growing. And in some cases, they grow above you. And you have to trust that process as well, because now that person becomes an extension of who you are. And it's all those um, in, inter twining of individuals that create that brother and sisterhood that now we become dependent upon. So the Navy, for instance, and I'm sure it's that way, you know, uh, all throughout the uh, uniforms is that we all depend on each other to be able to do a particular task. So if long as you are learning that process, you really can't fail. You know, and as you were saying, coming into the more civilian portion of this, if you don't know the people in front of you or know their why, there is no way that you can learn uh, that person can trust your process because they don't trust you. And vice versa, if you don't trust the individuals that are before you, then it's always going to be subject to interpretation. And that's when you hear, oh, I didn't realize or I didn't know. And that's where failure comes from. But um, it's just process. You know, you, process and the belief in the process. You've said that multiple times. So I'm forced to believe that you uh, have faith in process. And so, uh, yeah, you're, you're spot on. You're spot on, Terry. Um, you know, one thing I've heard from business owners is that they are, they support the military and our services, but they didn't quite understand their the immediate impact on business, like our business acumen, because that's not really what is marketed, if you will. It's not discussed a lot. It's but coming into business, like you said it several times, Brian and Terry, Terry, you talk about process and and uh, believing in the we. And Brian, you're talking about leadership and dependability, growing as a team, relying on other people. But has there any has there been some education that you've had or some proof? We'll start with Terry that you've had to maybe relevant proof you've had to give to give to uh, business owners to help them understand that. Yeah, I get it. I get this business side. Well, I think um, my, wouldn't say my first survival school, but I'll call it my first cold one. Um, 
you had no choice but to follow doctrines of people that came before you. And we talked about process just now, but you find that individuals that have walked uh, the walk, you can tune into them a little bit closer than someone who's, let's say they're a level one leader. These are the ones that sometimes you know they know their stuff, but they haven't lived it. When you find a person who's lived it, it becomes more of a um, factoid than it does the person who just reading out of a Blue Jackets manual. Um, so I think the educa educational portion of it would be my elders, uh, the, the, the senior leaders above me that I've learned from, that I've looked most forward to. But I, I'll, I'll, I'm humble. I'll take it from anywhere. But um, it's always uh, people who've done it before, even though it's the smallest of things. Well, I guess what I what I'm also asking is, have you had any cases or instances that you can think of where you had to educate them? And and I know that's kind of a strong word, but just let them understand uh, that you do have a business sense. It may have not have uh, come from running a business. It, the because of uh, the parallels that serving in the Navy has with business. But is there has there been times where you're like, yeah, this is how we I've done it in my military career, and that's how it relates to what we're doing here? Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's just the basics. Uh, uh, identify, I mean, telling people who you are, telling people what you do, telling people how you're going to execute and what it will, the end result will be like. It's something as simple as that can go a long ways with whoever you meet, whether it be in a regular relationship or whether it be in business. I just think that those are the basics. And maybe I'm missing the mark of what you're asking again, but um, I always try and go by that. Be clear and concise with uh, my directives. And and that's, that's great because you're um, – well, look, in your uh, experience on recruiting duty, you had to deal with market share. You had to deal with understanding um, the needs of the area you were in, prospecting. I, I don't like saying it, but it is selling because it is um, but it's passion-driven selling. You had to believe in it, right? And that is leadership. Um, so at, trying to find those common denominators, like you said, so that ownership understands that I'm a quick study, right? I've done, yeah. might've been a different uh, name to it, but it was very similar uh, action or thought process. And and Brian, you say the same thing and in, in going from, a, in just a few years, going from a foreman to a director, uh, executive director, right? Is that? Yep. Uh, so an executive director is is not a normal task, but was there some times where you had to educate on, hey, leadership's leadership. Yes, it may have been in a combat arms element, but I had to know my people. I had to know the mission. I had to know the task. You don't want to call it mission. Um, and that's why it's so easily adapted to the business we're in. Have you had cases like that? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, accomplishing the mission. Um, and, you know, in, in, in my role as, as uh, you know, head of the 
the vehicle fleet and equipment fleet, um, you know, there's there's times where we're leaned on very heavily, um, you know, because you know, ultimately when it comes down to it, we can't do our job without vehicles and equipment. Um, and just day after day, demonstrating the ability to lead a team, uh, you know, to make sure that our crews roll out every day safely uh, and with the equipment and tools to do their jobs. And, and that's, that's kind of been my, my demonstration of, Hey, I know what I'm doing. Cause you know, if, if, if there's a piece of equipment down or a crew can't go out, I failed and I don't, I'm, I'm not going to fail. That that's just that military mentality. I will not fail. Um, and, and people don't understand that when you say, Hey, look, just to throw this out there, I don't fail. They're like, yeah. well, okay, okay, okay. But yeah, like, most no, people no, no. are like, Oh, you're full of crap. Um, right. No, I'm, it's that's just you know that that combat leader mentality. We cannot fail. There's there's no failure. And lives might not be on the line, but careers are, and that's everybody's sure. livelihood. So I I find parallels, and I'm not trying to reach for it, but there are so many more parallels to the life we used to live that benefit the life we live and the people we are uh, serving now. And I I know that's maybe a weird way to say it, but that's obviously how you're talking, Brian and Terry, the people we serve now. I mean, we have our teams, uh, the companies we are with. It is a different uniform, but we serve them, right? Because you won't fail. Absolutely. And uh, Brian, one thing that I've used uh is our PCCs and PCIs. Have you tried to adapt any of that uh, pre-combat check or pre-combat inspection? You're smiling. Uh, this is a podcast, but the dude's smiling because he's like, oh, you speak my language. Awesome. <laughs> oh man, I just got goosebumps from that. Um, no, every day, um, checking vehicles before we go out, checking equipment before we go out, uh, you know, I'm I'm checking my mechanics to make sure that they have everything they need, make sure we have adequate supplies on hand of parts to make quick repairs. Uh, it's in my operation from the top down. Checklists are a beautiful thing. I always say, hey, look, it's marine proof. There's pictures, there's boxes to check. We're good. Crayons to fill in the boxes. Yeah. I couldn't exactly. help but have to. <laughs> so that's, that's one thing I feel are uh, sometimes – left out is that god bless there's so much that we do that is transferable uh that we almost take for granted but look we're we have young men and women with amazingly difficult missions in front of them if we just look at the age and the mission but then you say oh no they're a soldier they're a sailor they're a marine they're an airman well now the mission isn't so extraordinary or difficult, right? Because we know who that person is and the leadership that has gone uh, before them to provide them the skills needed to succeed. We just need to take that and adapt it to business. Take out, you know, the military jargon, but it's it's not a pre-combat check or a pre-combat inspection, but it can be a pre-trip check or a pre-trip inspection or Make up whatever acronym you like, but the the content is the same. It's still leadership. It's still engaged leadership. It's still a process to believe in. 
it's just dressed up a little bit different. Would you agree, Terry? Absolutely, Joe. Um, I use uh, coaching forms a lot. And uh, what I ensure that uh, my sales leads, um, when they go out, is that they're in charge of up to eight individuals, but they must physically, visually inspect what each one's doing uh, once a week. And not because the person is doing something wrong. We want to catch them doing something right. But even at my position, I have to go out and do the same type of visual inspections uh, with my leads to make sure that it's cascading all the way down. Uh, as long as we're doing that, and um, you, you mentioned the, uh, the PCCs and the PCIs, uh, we have the IFRs here, we have the uh, coaching forms that we sign off on. That way there's accountability um, during the course of the day, week, or month. That way we can ensure when something does break down, we can identify exactly where it is just so it doesn't come to pass again. Now, whether it be an, uh, a basic SOP or whether it be an individual, well, either way, we can adapt and we can fix that. And that's how we move forward. And I'm glad you talked about coaching because that is something that, well, in my world, previous career, we called it counselings, but you are not allowed to miss a counseling from the most junior person all the way up. I mean, to fitness reports or what have you. And you were taught at a young age to take ownership of your career, but also to mentor everyone around you. So they know how to like take ownership in their career, do a self evaluation and so on and so forth. So I'm glad you brought that up because that's something that I felt has been a um, has been lost on a lot of people is how to effectively do a review to set up future goals uh, for a, an individual as well as like somebody you're reporting on, right? A subordinate. But um, well, it does seem like a good time to start wrapping this up. Uh, Brian, do you have anything else you'd like to touch base on? Uh, yeah, just real quick, you know, what you were just talking about with with counseling statements, you know, that's that's one of the things that that I think we really excel at uh, as military leaders um, is developing those people. And, uh, you know, that's something that's not so common in the civilian world because everybody still, you know, not everybody, but a lot of people still have that. I mentality and not that we mentality. Um, and when you said that, it kind of opened my eyes. I'm like, man, everybody around me, I'm always trying to help develop and, and build and get them to that next level. Uh, so that, that's really a, a, a great quality, uh, you know, that a lot of veteran leaders have out there. Um, so yeah, that was, that was it. That was my last little piece. All right. Uh, same with you, Terry. Is uh, there anything else you would like to touch base on? We've covered a lot, and it's been great getting to know both of you um, a little bit more. And is there anything else you'd like to touch base on as we're wrapping this up? No, mine's kind of simple. If you want to shape people, you have to be there. There's no way to influence someone from afar. Man, I, I couldn't agree with you more. That is perfect. You have to be present. Leadership is you have to be present. Um, you have to be present to make an impact. Absolutely. Uh, for me, it's. I just would like. The opportunity to reach out and talk to more veterans and business owners alike to show them that this is a. 
a great industry to be a part of, especially as you're transitioning out of the service, whether it be four years or you name the year or retirement. We are a people business. We are a service business. And you roll your sleeves up. You have leaders like yourself, Brian and Terry, that get get after it, that are present. And the need for strong leaders that are that are trainable, that care. This industry is hungry for that. And we have some great ones, but we always would like more. Uh, so it's just, there's a missed opportunity if we're not taking advantage of interacting with our veterans and what opportunities we have available in this great industry. <clears throat> now comes a part of the episode where we get to uh, Rose and Thorn because it's a green industry and why not talk about something a plant, right? So the rose is something beautiful that smells great. So uh, that's, and then the thorn is not so much. I can go first and just give an example. The rose is, look, I, we have about uh, 7,500 people in peak season. We, so we're running around 85 people now and there's four of us four military, uh, four veterans, two of, or three of which, or I'm sorry, I love that, two of which I served with. Yeah, I served with myself, I guess that's me, but uh, two fellow Marines that I served with, one just came on board. So the VP of HR, a branch manager, and then we have an operations manager <clears throat> here as well. And that's just it's a point of pride for me because they're, they trust me to join the team that, uh, again, and we were on a team before, but to call this industry home and help our people. And we, we've experienced great success because of that. Um, and a thorn, I, I'm one of those weirdos that I just look at opportunities for improvement. Uh, and the opportunities for improvement, the thorn, I don't even, whatever, it's not a negative. It's, look, we, we have great talent. What can we do with it and how can we add more talented people uh, from within and, and and engage others? And how can we help other businesses understand the value of veteran leadership and what it can do for their business immediately? So that's those are opportunities that I I'm excited about. Um, so those are little example. Kick it over to you, Brian. What are uh, what? Give me a rose and a thorn. Um, rose would be uh, you know, the CEO and chief operating officer of my company are are both veterans. Uh, CEO, awesome. yeah, being a Marine veteran, and uh, you know they've they've uh, yeah I've I've spoken with them about the veterans and landscape network, and and they're really starting to give a lot um, of thought to that and, and how they would like to use that within our organization. Um, so I'm, I'm you know, kind of trying to lead the charge and get, you know, a, a veterans program within our company um, off the ground. And I'm, I'm super excited uh, to get some more veterans like us in the door and, and just give those opportunities. Um, a thorn, uh, you know, the other side of that, um, I, I think that maybe I, I need to just dial back uh, a little bit and focus 
on the veterans a little bit more and, and put more time in, into getting that program off the ground. Uh, so, you know, that one's on me. Well, I, I thank you for your honesty. Um, and just like in this call, uh, NALP has had a few articles on the DOD skill bridge, um, but just the three of us talking, uh, there's shared knowledge of what we use uh, within this veterans and uh, landscape uh, network. So uh, I appreciate your honesty and um, I'm sure we'll keep in touch and share resources. Terry, Absolutely. Terry, yep. you got a rose and a thorn, sir. You seem like a positive person, so you're probably going to give me two roses. <laughs> one and the same no in the recruiting process um i've learned that a lot of my uh, brethren uh when they uh see people come in they don't uh dig for the military bearing in people um and sometimes they discount that individual because they either quiet or sometimes they could be even a little bit overbearing so that military uh, presence, it can be a little bit off-putting uh, to that recruiter. So I would um, implore uh, recruiters to be able to um, be ready for individuals to um, that have military background, whether it be, like you said, be two years, four years, or retirement. Um, but on the other side of that, I find that individuals like ourselves when we go out for the first time and we're sitting across the desk and that we're talking to uh, potential employers that uh, we let them know who we are uh, versus um, keeping it on the bottom of the resume. Uh, we also make sure we're squared away, you know, make sure your gig line's tight, make sure that we have a presence about ourselves so we can be recognized and um, be forthcoming of what you can do. Uh, because the two aren't com communicating, meaning the recruiter and a potential um, hire, then we're never going to get off the ground with getting more veterans in this business that shares more commonalities than differences. You're right. They were one and the same. But that is true. Like We owe it to our uh, fellow veterans to mentor them through the interview process by just not giving them the answers of the test, but making sure they're the right representation of a veteran for our business, but also we represent the business as a viable option uh, for their continued career. So I, I, I appreciate your honesty, both of you, and, and what you brought to this discussion. But uh, a big thank you to our listeners. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Take care, everyone. Thank you.